This is Calgary Today with Angela Cocott on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Good afternoon. Yes, I'm Angela Cocott, enjoying another sunny day. Yes, let the sunshine continue. Sadly, it's not going to. And you know what? I remember as a kid, it would seem just as you're going back to school, the weather would improve. You might have had a couple of lousy weeks in August, and then you start going back to school, and it's like, wait a second, now we have to go back to school. We are talking about going back to school because, yes, a lot has changed since probably you or I went to school. And it's got to be at least, I'm, I'm guessing 10, 15 years, my, my guest will probably correct me if I'm wrong, that we started talking about year-round schooling in Calgary and how some schools now offer that. So today the Catholic schools went back to school. Next week the public schools do. But some kids have already been in school for a couple of weeks. And I want to find out if the arguments we were given many years ago about the benefits of year-round schooling are actually bearing out. Jim Brandon is my guest this half hour. He's an associate dean, professional community engagement associate professor at Workland School of Education, University of Calgary. Hello, Jim. Hello, Angela. So correct me if I'm wrong. How long ago did we start having that conversation in Calgary about year-round schooling? Well, you know, a lot of those ideas were being revisited about 20 years ago. So when uh, the Klein Revolution happened uh, in education, we were encouraged to look at a lot of different options, many of which had been uh, looked at uh, as long ago as the early 20th century. So uh, year-round schooling is one of those. It, It first came on the scene you know, in large American cities predominantly in the late 1900s, early to early, um, I'm sorry, late um, 1800s, early 1900s, when there was a lot of immigration, a lot of the urban centers were exploding with new people, and they were looking for more efficient ways of putting children into the rapidly expanding public school system. Wow, so that's been going on for a long time. Well, maybe we have to even go back, Jim, to where we ever even came up with making sure kids had the the summer off. I'm, I'm assuming it's our agrarian society. Yeah, and I think a lot of a lot of it is. Uh, traditionally, the public school system has um, developed, and in the states, there's a three-month period off. In Canada, it's fairly standard that we have around 190 to 200 school days, and, and that's existed almost uh, throughout the public education period of schooling. Is that what we pretty much see globally as well, or does it just depend what country you're visiting that they might have a different calendar? Uh, you know, I think, for instance, uh, some of the modified calendars that we're seeing used in both the 29 schools in the Calgary Board of Education and the six um, Catholic um, school system schools that are on modified calendars uh, are echoing approaches used uh, out of New Zealand, for instance, where they've broken up the school year in a different pattern so that the the breaks are more frequent and shorter in, in duration. So I, I think it varies uh, around the, the globe and mm. I'm, I'm not an expert on, you know, all of the situations in which year-round schooling has played out. But um, in North America, um, you know, there are basically two types of year-round schooling, and the one is called multi-track. And uh, the idea is that you might have a portion of the student body, say you divide the body into five parts, 
four of the groups might be in school at any one time, and one group is always off. So there's an economic argument for mm. that approach, yeah. um, and it's not used very fre- frequently, actually. So it's more of this New Zealand-style model where the, you have a modified calendar where students do, they all attend the same time in a particular school, and they get the same programming that other students get. They end up um, with shorter breaks so that they don't all flood into the playgrounds or the streets as we did in the old days during the two-month break uh, or head off to vacations as, as they might might do, you know, for that two-month period when people are, um, you know, thinking about the traditional school break and, and taking time off, at, you know, during that period. So so part of the, the presumed benefit of having a modified school calendar is that there's less learning loss uh, for students, more flexibility for parents, and, you know, proponents of this approach see it as one more option that some parents may choose, and they may choose that option for a variety of, of reasons. Yeah, and as you say, you know, maybe way back in the early days, if you said the early 1900s, it was because of an influx of immigrants, and they just had to find a way to be able to get them all through school. They probably were looking more at a, a multi-track system just to be able to handle that. But now we've shifted more because of an option for parents who just don't like the idea of, um, nowadays, a lot of parents they both work as opposed to one being at home while the the kids are off for those two months in the summer. Yeah, and you know, so I think also there would be a number of educators who would um, say that, yeah, it's it's good to have the kids rested and, you know, taking breaks at different times. So for for both um, adults who are teachers and adults who are parents, you know, some of them would see a benefit in in breaking the school year up the way that it has been, uh, you know, across Canada. There are uh, over 100 schools that are um, using this approach, the um, modified calendar. And so there's, there's a benefit that people see that's intuitive, that might be, you know, kind of a common sense idea that if you give kids more time, off and that you also give them less time between instructional periods that they may um, see that, yeah, that there's a logic there that students would retain more and would uh, you know suffer less what in America they call summer learning loss. Mm, so yeah. now when you look at the studies, they don't bear that out in terms of large studies that have been undertaken that um, look at whether or not there are significant gains in you know a wide range of children and and actually the research is uh, pretty clear that there the research hasn't demonstrated what people might think would be be common sense that's interesting so, so you're saying that that summer learning loss we really don't have the research to back that up well, uh, the studies that I've seen more recently uh, over the last few years, large meta-analyses from mostly the American setting would say things like, you know, results suggest that year-round schooling has essentially no impact on academic achievement hmm. for the average student. And then in American studies, often they look at what does that mean for various racial groups? What does it mean for various uh, social groups? And uh, in those cases, there isn't uh, significant evidence that it's benefiting any one of those major groups. The one case where there's been more uh, claimed than 
in other uh, cases is the um, students who are uh, learning English for the, the first time. So uh, people who are in English um, as a second language or an additional language programs um, and who are recent immigrants, there's a bit of uh, research that would uh, would indicate that there are more gains in in that respect. So, that would make uh, sense, right? I mean, obviously, if they're learning a new language, uh, they don't want to have big breaks to forget about that language if they're in that year-round or modified calendar. Yeah, and that that's the the sort of intuitive sense that mm-hmm. I think a lot of people come to when when they think about breaking up the school year in that in that uh, in that way. So, uh, however, you know, as I'm saying, the the menif- the the research doesn't necessarily bear that out consistently. Mm. Jim, did I hear you right? Did you say across Canada, a hundred schools or a hundred school districts have done the modified calendar? Well, what it, what the the uh, 100 schools across Canada was um, published in a recent review of the benefits uh, and the um, issues related to it that was published by just in, you know, the popular media. Mm -hmm. So when you think that, you know, Calgary has, um, you know, 35 of those. Right, right. You know, I, I I wouldn't stand 100% by the 100. Yeah, I, I, when you said 100, I thought, I'm sure there's way more schools. But you know what? I haven't got the research in front of me either. Jim, hold on here because I want to talk uh, more about the benefits to the family, the student, but also maybe the financial picture too. Jim Brandon sure. is my guest this half hour. He's Associate Dean, Professional and Community Engagement, Associate Professor at Workland School of Education, University of Calgary. We are back after this. I'm Angela Kokot. You're listening to Calgary Today on News Talk 770. And I thought it was a great opportunity to visit the idea of year-round schooling or the modified calendar, multi-track, however you want to call it. But the idea is, is that kids aren't off for the two months. And we've had it in the city for a number of years now. As my guest Jim Brandon mentioned, we've got 29 in the public system, six in the Catholic system. So I'd love to hear from you. At 3.30, I'm going to open up the phones and just your experience with year-round, what you like about it, what you don't, why you wish you could have that. Jim, the question I have, I think year-round would work great, but it's almost as if all the schools have to offer it because I think that can be a, a, a problem for families who might have a child in elementary, another child in junior high, lining up those breaks becomes the challenge. Uh, yeah, I would think that would be um, a real headache in some cases. And, uh, you know, so um, for, for sure that would be a major issue. And then in order to um, take advantage of the choices that are presented by having some students in, you know, some, uh, you know, one one of the children in a year-round, another child in a traditional calendar. Uh, another problem is that, you know, do we keep our kids close to home? Or are they taking the bus to you know, uh, a school that does offer that. So there are a number yeah. of scheduling and, and cha- uh, challenges that arise. Um, on the other hand, you could look at uh, perhaps that being a bit of a, um, a you know, a, a way that parents could look after child care. So if you've got high school kids um, in a traditional calendar oh, yeah. and younger kids, um, you know, it would be a problem if, if it was... If you did. So I think for a lot of parents who are you know, looking at options, they would say, I could, you know, go away on vacation when, 
uh, it's not as busy out there, and you know I can take my kids and uh, away we go. That becomes problematic, yeah. of course, when you can't balance the schedule. But in in some ways, you know, the it may be beneficial in terms of not having to find childcare for as um, long periods of time as, as during the full summer when everybody else is looking at that. So there's pro, pros and cons, and I think one of the benefits that um, you you see on websites that promote um, year-round schooling is just the choice. That with uh, some parents, it fits their lifestyle, it fits their schedule, and it makes sense to them. And uh, for others, uh, there you know most of the schools are still on the regular calendar that uh, many of us um, look back you know as uh, being a really great school system several mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. So, so I'm not sure that it, there's a black and white argument for that. I think you that's where the parents who are moving toward a modified school calendars um, you know I think a lot of them say well there are some real benefits and on the other hand you know uh, there are some challenges. Jim, there are so many options and choices for parents these days. I mean, I'm getting texts on people who homeschool. You think of charter schools, you've got mm-hmm. modified schools. I mean, there just mm-hmm. are so many choices. Mm-hmm. I wonder, though, as we talk about the modified calendar, because it's the same amount of instructional days. It's just the way they have um, pieced them together and put uh, different breaks a little bit longer at Christmas and Easter and shorter at summertime, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The program outcomes, the expectations of students uh, would be the same no matter which of those schooling choices um, parents make. But um, And the amount of time required is uh, virtually the same. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, you know, it's, it's really uh, the way it's spread out over 365 days, choosing 200 of those that would be school uh, operational days and figuring out, you know, which would work best for the school system, for the educators, and for the the parents and the, and the children. So basically, when you look at the kids, uh, kids are are pretty resilient and uh, they seem to do uh, fairly well regardless of the setting that they're in in terms of uh, the you know the school year. And uh, for parents, uh, I think having some choices certainly you know doesn't ha- doesn't seem to handicap um, you know very many of them and uh, can benefit several of them so I, I think you know we're just kind of looking at the school system whether or not it, it's an advantage the schools are used for the uh, you know for most of the 365 days you can distribute maintenance a little differently um, you know if you have the the year broken up where uh, maintenance people can access the the buildings you know over the year as opposed to you know just during the summer for some of the larger projects they do in in the buildings but it's um, you know so it's it's really kind of a broken front in terms of the uh, the ways in which it plays out in um, you know in a variety of settings. So it's part it's part of that mosaic that we have in most of North America now, where there are choices, where uh, some of them are, are choices that people can and are in a position to make, uh, 
because they're a little more mobile and may be you know, at a different income bracket than others. And uh, other choices um, aren't as easily made by some families who are you know, struggling to get by. Jim, you were kind of heading down the road that I wanted to go when it talked about the maintenance costs. And so financially, is there is there a savings or it's the same? You still have to pay a teacher for that amount of money. You still have to pay your support staff. You know, no matter what, it's still those instructional days. They're just spread out differently. Yeah, I mean, the argument is that you use your, your buildings more fully. And the initial arguments in the early 1900s were that, you know, if, if we have the building continuously utilized like a factory and you have, you know, four groups attending and one group off. That multi-track the, system you're talking about. The multi-track about. Yeah. system, yeah. you know, in, in that approach, then uh, you could make strong economic arguments. But the disruption for kids when, you know, some are in school, some aren't, I mean, it, it, yeah. it hasn't been shown to be beneficial. Uh, on an educational side. And I don't know that there are major cost savings by running a modified school calendar. You might say that by starting a little earlier in some neighborhoods, that the school might uh, attract uh, kids, you know, earlier in the year and get the enrollment going, get kids with a positive start so that more children might opt for one choice rather than another. Mm. But I, I don't think the arguments are black and white. I wonder about the teachers, though, having breaks, a uh, shorter distance between breaks, because I've said this before. I know people think that teachers are overpaid. They get summer off, all these other things. But just volunteer one day in your kid's class and you think, oh, my gosh, th- this is a stressful job. But I'm just wondering if they if they have shorter working periods uh, between in the modified calendar as opposed to the traditional that you might have better rested teachers and maybe better rested students yeah i think a lot of people would um would view it in that way and um so that's the you know that's the the intuitive logic of multi-track schooling and uh people i've talked to who have experienced it as teachers and as school administrators uh, the ones who have stayed with it seem to enjoy it a lot it, and uh, do report that it's um, you know, less stressful, that the breaks are, are nice to, to have and that they feel more rested when they come back. So, it's, so I, I, I think people who stay with that choice, both parents and um, teachers, do it because they see value in, in spreading those breaks out uh, and continuing the, uh, the learning and continuing, you know, being able to get away during times of year when um, it's the less expensive and that sort of thing. Yeah. Jim, thanks so much for starting the conversation for us. Okay. Well, uh, good luck with the rest of the conversation, Angela, and take care. Thanks, Jim Brandon, Associate Dean, Professional and Community Engagement Associate Professor at Workland School of Education, University of Calgary. Calgary Today with Angela Cocott, weekdays at 3 on News Talk 770 Calgary. 911. 911. What's your emergency? Ah, I'm on a cruise ship. Ah, there was an explosion. Oh, my God. The ship is sinking. I can't get out. There's water everywhere. We're going down. I've got a lock on your location. Stay with me. Hello? Are you there? Help is on the way. Angela Bassett and Peter Krause return in an all-new season of 911 on a new night. Thursday, March 14th on Global. Stream on Stack TV.